This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here at the Big 8 tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Ortega connoisseur, Jake Bakoven. I like Ortega and I like Pepper. Coming at you live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. One, two, three. We're on the block. Check, check. One, two, three. You've joined us on the block for the second hour. We thank you for joining us. This is On the Block with Strick and Bach. I'm me, Strick, and my partner, Jake Bakovin. We thank you for the Mercado Certified Piedmontese for being the sponsor of this show here on the block. And we've been talking a little bit about everything, but we're going to get back to it right now, talking about the spring game that is quickly approaching because we're in the week now, listening to who's making noise, who's getting it done, who's injured. And we're, we've been talking a little bit about all of that. But on the on, on, on this specific segment, we're going to talk about just the breakdown on not having the traditional way of doing it as opposed to a non-traditional way. And and what what do you consider to be better? Hit us on the Sutter Heyman text line at 402-464-5685. How would you like to view the game? Some some would say that they'd like it to be a team against team. Red against uh, red against white or crimson against white, or you know, just go at it the best on best and just have a you know, I'm shutting you down or I'm beating your head in, I'm, I'm winning the trenches or I'm locking you down, just you know, basically that way. Which one do you view it to be the best? And so, let's talk about that, Bach, right here. So, uh, the gauntlet has been laid down, players have been getting after it, we know that the competition has been fierce both in the offensive and the defensive side. So at that point, you know, how would you like to see it, Bob? How, how would you feel about having it with an offensive-defensive matchup with those with those uh, units going at each other? Again, I think that that could be a little bit more interesting even than the, the traditional red-white. Now, I know they're going to, and they would, you know, obviously still wear the, you know, the different jerseys out there to separate them, but it wouldn't be the red team versus the white team. And I think, again, I, I think that they have done this before. I believe this was under Pelini before where they had to do offense versus defense just to just to, to, to shake it up. Um, in this case, it would be because of the, the player limitations, too many injuries, um, and so they at certain positions they wouldn't be able to fill. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of see. I don't mind this though. I, I think it's especially, um, you know, th- these these games. <laughs> you can hear Steve Sipple, uh hard to kind of remember certain, you know, timing or, or, or things that have happened, um, unless there's just huge plays at the beginning of the game. But as the game goes on, I think you care less and less about who wins, and it's hard to really choose for one. I think with the offensive versus defense thing, I think you have a little bit more uh, stake there if they do end up going that way. I mean, I think traditionally people, whether you played in high school or maybe just for some reason and you just kind of feel you, you like the, the offensive flair and, and scoring points or you like the mentality of being a defensive shutdown team, um, I think you might have a little bit easier way pick, 
picking out who you're rooting for as a fan for this game. Uh, also, it will be interesting um, to see how they scored. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, how much is a three and out worth? Is that a, is that worth as much as uh, a touchdown, per se, for uh, the Nebraska offense uh, going up in this game? Um, and then, you know, there's all, all sorts of kind of breakdowns of it. Do you want to see the first-team offense look good against the first-team defense? Um, or would you rather see it the other way? Because I know that, you know, years ago, Tommy Armstrong uh, was getting rave reviews in camp for throwing, all, throwing the ball over the field, and then we found out shortly after that that Nebraska had one of the worst secondaries in the nation. So we were all kind of led the way that Tommy Armstrong was taking his, his step up and then and in reality, um, and, and certainly I think he did to a degree, but it, it wasn't a, a huge step like we all expected because everybody was passing all over Nebraska's secondary, not just in practice, but once we got to the games. And uh, I, I'm not saying I, I expect the same thing here, but, you know, you do hear about Nebraska's running game looking a little bit better, you know, uh, obvi- obviously the offensive line. Is that because they're taking huge steps forward? Is that because the defense is still adjusting and doesn't have their full personnel out there? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the way you look at it, right? I think you got to look at it from a standpoint of where are your voids? Where are your weaknesses? And you can really try those areas in that manner because it's like it's like if I have um, a system that I'm trying to break, there's a really good movie out, and I, I think I want to say Sylvester Stallone played in it. And what Sylvester Stallone was is he would go into specific prisons he, he was a businessman, but he would go into prisons. Um, they would basically put him in there and not let it be known that he is who he is. So he would have to deal with all the different elements. He'd have to make relationships. He'd have to find out what their weak points are, and he would try to escape. I can't remember the name of the movie, but it's it's really good. There's multiple of them. There's like two or three of them. And I think that's what you're able to get with this. You're able to figure out where those weak points are. We obviously know that the Big Ten – And one of the big problems with the University of Nebraska in the past is giving up the big gashes. So are we going to see that? Because right now we're we're getting word that the running backs are really getting it done. So is it going to be the offensive line that's going to win in the trenches? Are we going to be looking forward to seeing big gashes out of um, Big Ten teams that are just running through us and running over us and taking care of us at at the line of scrimmage? Or are we going to see them step up and we're going to see young players fill in and, and be very disciplined and how they're going to read and react and, and respond. And so those are the things that I think you can test in this manner, but you can also throw different wrinkles. You can throw different combinations out there, right? You can see what different lineups work with in different situations. You can do that a little bit more as opposed to playing team against team. And so I think that uh, that bodes well. Then you can also have your receivers, get a chance to work with, you know, Thompson, you get a, they'll get a chance to work with Purdy. They'll get a chance, you know, but it'll all be working together. And so I think those things can work well for you. But one thing I thought that was interesting, uh, Bach also was the, what Apple white is hoping for. And he's, he seems to be looking to try to have a five running back rotation, Right. Uh, he believes that having a five running back rotation is is an optimal thing for them. It, it gives them an opportunity to like mitigate injuries, not overstressing somebody. If somebody's dinged up a little bit or hurt or sore, that there's there's the capabilities in 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 those five guys and situational uh, guys. Do you want to bang? Do you want to bruise? Is it a short yard situation? Are we behind in the 
in 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 the chains and you know we we would like more of a, a catching type of a running back in that situation or a draw type of running back a stretch type of guy uh what are we looking for and i think then they will begin to present themselves as who who steps up and steps forward how do you view that you know looking at a five do you think somebody can get into a rhythm that way or do you just think it's really just trying to take advantage of just all the different weapons that they have in the running back room yeah, I mean, I think it will be a little bit hard to get somebody in a rhythm. I'd, I'd like to, you know, and, and they, they said this last year with the staff. Applewhite might have a different approach to it, but I think he said before, um, everybody wants that bell guy. Everybody wants the guy that can take over that role that you believe in, that at least get, you know, 15, 20 carries a game, if not more. Obviously, you know, to run traditional schools like Nebraska would like to, what do you mean? I mean, 25, 30 carries. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of carries per game, a guy that you can lean on um, that could can tend to be an all Big Ten type of back. But you can't just force it. I mean, you can you could try to, but, but it's going to play through that that guy's not ended up being, the, you know, getting those sort of numbers and getting those sort of results for you. So I'm fascinated to see because Mark Wibble's talked for a, a long time. Whenever you kind of talk about his offense and, and what it does here and that, um, he's he always is, is quick to point out that my, my offense changes based off my personnel and my his overall philosophy is to get the playmakers the ball. Does that mean get the playmakers the ball often to ride on a guy or two that, that that's on your offense. Cause I think that that's been something that's missing a little bit for Nebraska in this, in the in, in Scott Frost offense was you were supposed to not know where it was coming from. They'd have so many players on the field and you know, this is how, how it was kind of yeah, UCF. Um, so many guys that you kind of worry about. And so everybody's going to get a few carries and you're just not going to know where the play is coming from as opposed to saying, okay, on first and second down, we're going to go to our bell cow back. And then on third down, we got a tight end, you know, just kind of like setting it up. It was more supposed to be like your surprise. And and I I thought they did too much of that. Um, I think that it would be better. You know, know, there were certain matchups last year where they would somewhat do it. It's like, hey, Austin Allen's got a mismatch today. All right, let's give Austin Allen at least 12 catches. I mean, let's really force it into Austin Allen, 7 to 12 targets today um, because he's got that mismatch. I don't know if they're going to have that at tight end, but specifically at running back, like you were mentioning, if Anthony Grant and uh, Yant separate themselves as those type of backs, I'd like to see them uh, one or the other. If it's, if it's, it's, it's a two back room, I'd like to see them each get, you know, 15, 20 carries or one of them get 25 carries and get in that rhythm, not have to, not have to share all this. And, and, um, you know, occasionally you could throw Ramir Johnson out there as a third down back or, um, you know, try to get Gabe Irvin a little bit of, of, of a carry here and there. But for the most part, I, I don't like, you know, I, I like fresh legs, but I also like getting to a rhythm and more than anything, I like what I like about Whipple and we all kind of gravitate toward the certain things that they say uh, that you hope that they will stick to is that he wants to get his playmakers the ball, whether that's a wide receiver, tight end or running back. And if Anthony Grant and Yant are separating in that room, I want to see them get a, a, a lot of carries. Not not everybody gets, you know, six or seven carries and then we'll go with the hot hand. Well, yeah. So at this point, you know, also on the other side of the ball, you, you, you're hearing some great things that are coming out. I think I found pretty interesting was uh, Cam Taylor Britt happened to be around, you know, obviously he was doing his pro day and, and had a good good turnout there. Uh, he just happened to be around as well. And, and he, 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 he threw a little gauntlet out towards Tommy Hill wearing the number five and and basically said, I don't want to have to come and remove that from him. You got to represent. I used to say the same thing. Whoever was wearing twenty one, you got to represent, baby. If, you, <laughs> if you're out there wearing that jersey, because there's there there's something that comes with that. But um, 
but a lot of people are really raving about what Tommy Hill brings to the table. I, I think I find it interesting him coming out of Edgewater in, in Orlando and uh, being in a warm state, playing in a warm state, then going to all, to Phoenix to play. But he has greater aspirations, and it, as Simple had alluded to, and wanting to go to the NBA, uh, not the NBA, but to the NFL, and and play professionally. And so he didn't duck the challenge. He didn't try to remain in a Texas or in the Southern, in the, in the Sun Belt area or or the Bible Belt area. He 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 didn't shun it. He wanted to go where he felt uh, he can have an opportunity with a style of play that that bodes well for him in getting to the next level. So. A lot of people are raving about him, and 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 uh, basically, you're saying that he could possibly be that number one guy opposite of Newsom. Yeah, it sounds like that's what they're running with right now, and and that's that's good news. I think that it was, um, you know, obviously you'd like to see some of these camp battles go on, and you have enough competition, enough depth there um, to feel pretty good about it, um, but. And there are other positions that you would like to say, okay, uh, if a guy steps on campus, because the camp battle, you know, it kind of goes back to that old saying, I guess, with quarterbacks, where if you have, if you don't have, you know, if you have two, then you don't have one, right? Like if, if you're, if you're playing split quarterbacks and you don't have one that you truly believe in. Um, and, and again, it would be hard to, to expect that to happen at every hole that they're trying to fill, that we would know the complete starting lineup um, that's set to go in August coming out of spring ball. But I would like you know, I, I like to hear the reports that there are a few guys that are separating and you kind of feel like, okay, um, this guy is different than the rest, right? Like, so you, you've got a dude there. And Tommy Hill sounds like to be that sort of guy. Now, they, they've got some other hills to fill, uh, holes, excuse me, to fill in that secondary. Um, maybe Singleton uh, can help out at safety. Buford we've talked about as well. You know, they have to replace two of those guys. They've got, you know, Miles Farmer back there. We've all been waiting on Noah Pola Gates. So there's there's a few guys that out there that are they're going to be fighting for that battle, but uh, I think you feel a little bit good about it, knowing at least that that a cornerback uh, is is it sounds pretty set right now. It, it sounds like it would take just about you know an, an injury or something um, unforeseen for Tommy Hill not to start at cornerback there, uh, and that's huge. I mean, I and I, I and it's nothing against the uh, you know Newsom or anybody else, um, but I don't know if I felt like he was ready to be the number one guy, and maybe he still will. And they're going to have to work through that and see which guy that is. But specifically at cornerback, you know, it, it's you don't just want to have one cornerback returning that you feel kind of okay about. You need a lockdown guy at certain times in the Big Ten when you're going up against the, uh, you know, like they're going to see Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah, I mean those those type yeah. of guys. Um, you have a guy that you really feel confident about. Not one, not one returning starter that's okay. And then you know we're, we're working on some other guys. You need somebody that has the confidence, especially in that position. Confidence is huge, and it sounds like Tommy Hill's not lacking any of that for for good reason. So what are some of the um, the backward, uh, the backdoor conversations, the whispers in the dark, the uh, the things that are going on behind the scenes with regard to Xavier Betts? Uh, have you heard any other news as to what his status was? I, we knew that um, in the in the last week he was supposed to be meeting with the coaching staff as well as meeting with uh, uh, Coach Frost. And so, is there has there been any word on on his status or what his plans are, or is he just is he just uh, put, putting the laces on the on the rack? Yeah, I haven't seen anything um, legitimate to come out about Xavier Betts. Um, so we're still kind of waiting to see what happens there. Um, again, all the all the uh, reports or the whispers are more so that he's not completely in on football. So it's hard to imagine a 
meeting to kind of go about that that that's going to to remedy that situation. I don't know how you would um, get that to work. And again, I think part of that is juxtaposed to maybe a Mickey Joseph coming in and expecting that and 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 asking that of his guys uh, a pretty crowded room of guys that he believes that can be playmakers here and uh maybe you know at, at some point that just kind of clashed with with Betts's personality um of, of not being all in on football that's kind of the the idea um behind this because you know it, it and it makes sense right it's not Xavier Betts is in the transfer portal then you would say, okay, well, he's still maybe, you know, something just didn't get along with the staff. Now he wants to go and improve it somewhere else. It's it's looking more like he's debating whether he wants to play football or not. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, obviously, in another few days, we're going to have them locking horns in the trenches, and uh, they're, they're going to have some 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 people that are going to hit the uh, – uh, hit the spring game, and one of them that's that's really big on a lot of different boards is O'Shawn Mathis, and he'll be in and, and taking a look at that. Do you think the system in that they're running uh, with the offense against the defense would bold better for them to be able to really get in a, a you know a good eye as to what Mathis would be able to view and see himself uh, as the different lineups are thrown out there, the different coverages the different uh whether you're going a four three or whether you're going a you know uh a five two or or whatever the case may be right or a three four whatever whatever you're going to throw out there or you're even going to throw a hybrid out there to give him maybe a, a better idea as to the style that would be good or fitting for him um i don't know how much it will help as opposed to having you know the traditional units out there i do think that it could do you know as far as his experience here, I think the, the, the thing that's going to blow him away more than anything is for anybody that comes to a spring game at Nebraska, glorified practice to have that many fans in the stands. Um, so I think that that's the, the main takeaway, right? And, and I think that's why they, they're going to bring him in for the spring game. Um, I do think that maybe if it is an offense versus defense, and again, this is not official. Scott Frost is saying it's something that they're working with. They might not be able to have the traditional red versus white spring game or do an offense versus defense thing. I think that would at least help Oshan, you know, if he comes in, doesn't know a whole lot of guys, um, have a cheering interest to a degree. Maybe keep him engaged a little bit more to see what the defense is doing, to see um, if they can have the success against the offense, to see maybe if he's the missing piece amongst it. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that there could be some positives out of it um but you know more so than anything i think it's just important to get him in here in lincoln it sounds like texas is nebraska's primary competition uh to get oshan mathis and again i think that he could be a game changer as far as even maybe bottom line wins and again i don't say that about too many guys but um he's just one of the top names left in the portal altogether uh and is a guy that can provide plenty of pressure on the opposing quarterback, which is something uh, as as a specialist, Nebraska hasn't had in quite some time. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I I think it'd be huge if they can get him, and uh, it might even might even get my win total up a game or two. <laughs> so as we talked about, there's still a lot of things um, that are going on in the portal. The Nebraska is still active. They're still on the hunt. They're still trying to find and fill uh, voids. Injuries have been a problem. So. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get a better idea as to where they stand and, and, and giving these opportunities to some of these young players. But right now we're going to have to take a break on the block and we'll come back and talk a little bit. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Obviously South Carolina ends up winning big over UConn. That's something uh, to be said uh, for Don Staley and her 
or Gamecocks pulling it out against the great UConn juggernaut that they are. Um, and so we're going to have a big one again coming up tonight. North Carolina going to face off against a really good, tough Kansas team. And can Bill Self get it done? We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more at the 525 uh, well, after the next break, we don't know if it's going to be 525, <laughs> it's going to be 528, but whatever it is, we'll come back and talk on the block right after this. 